Man, thank you very much, brother. Um, and just so you know, 1 o'clock to about 1.30, just say you're meeting with me, because that's my nap time. We'll be meeting together, just 1 o'clock to about 1.30 every day. Deal. Oh, wow. Love it, love it. Um, you know, it, it's, uh, it always feels like home for me when I come back, and, and, and you've given me the privilege to come back probably once or twice a year, and, and for me, it's a lot of fun. I'll leave that up to you, what you feel that it is. Um, I didn't get the I love you, man, like uh, when Fernando came up here. I can't remember. I, I thought I heard that. I love you. Yeah, that was good, though. I like that. Um, but it, it does feel like home. And, and part of it is because I think I, I personally just enjoy the passion and the, um, the realness of your church family. And, and when we're worship, as we're worshiping God together, but just your friendliness, but it, it's just we're real people with real things following, trying to follow a real God, right? And, and, and that is life. And so I, I, always, I always find that here when I come here. Uh, it also helps that I have one of my children is over at VIU in Nanaimo, and it feels like home because when I go there, he wants me to bring him food. We go shopping for his groceries. We do a whole bunch of things like that too, so it feels like home, but, but it's good. Um, today, we're going to talk a little bit about making memories, making memories. How are the memories that you made this past week so far? <laughs> maybe, maybe Sunday is the first day of the week for you. Maybe you made some this morning. We make memories all the time, don't we? My middle child, her name is Macaulay. She graduated from Trinity Western this past year. And um, I said, as I do with, I have three children and uh, one son-in-law. My oldest is married. Um, and um, I said, what do you want to do, Mac? We often say that when they graduate for something. So I said, what, what would you like to do? Let's make some memories. And so she said, Dad, first thing that came out of her mouth was, I want to bungee jump. Okay, so this summer, we came over here specifically. How many have bungee jumped over here? One? One? Okay, okay. Whew. Thank you. We, we get up there. And, and I said, Mac, you know, like, this is great. I'm all for you wanting to bunny jump. Off you go. I'll pay for it for you to jump. You like this kind of things. And she turns to me. She goes, but, Dad, I want somebody to come with me. It's about making memories. I'm like, okay, uh, let's call up your mom. No, not, not a chance. How about your brother? Mm, he's busy. He's got school. Okay, here we go. Let's make some memories together. How many have actually just climbed up the, the, the walkway? All right, there we go. You climb up and you look down, or you, you know. And I, so I went up with Mac, and, and they, 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 they weigh you, and they do the rope. It's, it's very technical. It's kind of cool, actually. And if you want to go into the water, they actually ask you that, and so you can figure out how much they need to, uh, which rope they use and all that. And so um, I look at Mac, and we're like, who wants to go first? And she's like, well, well how about... She goes, I'll, I'll, I'll go first. I'll go first. I was like, okay, we're in. So off. And she goes, and she loves it, and she screams on her way down. My Mac is this tall. She's five foot, maybe two or three. God bless her. But she's like giant uh, in experience and passion and love for, for life. So I get there, and I, just, I don't think I've ever been so nervous for something. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I don't know what to expect necessarily, I'm looking over. I'm glad there's water down there. I don't think it's going to break my fall if I go into it because we're in later summer. Um, there's people watching, so at least I'll be witnessed if something happens. 
and that'll be good. My wife's got it on video, so they can watch it and rewatch it again if anything happens. Um, and, and I'm on the edge, and, and I'm looking down, and there's this rope that's attached to your ankles, and it's pulling you. It's like, I, I've never experienced that before. It's, it's hanging over the edge, and you're trying to hold yourself on, and then they say, let go, and, and so then you fall over. And, it, and it's, you know, it's probably the quickest, I don't know, 10 seconds I've ever had of a fall, and it's a free fall where nothing is hanging on to you, like it is, but you don't feel it at all. And I'm falling down, and I see it coming faster and faster, and there's the water. All of a sudden, you hit, and you go back up. And then you got to go down again. You go about halfway up, three quarters. Now, I'll tell you this. This wasn't my first jump. My son, four years ago, after graduating from high school, said, I said, son, what do you want to do? Let's go do something together. I must bungee jump. I'll tell you this. As I had bounced down that second time and started going back up, you, 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 you stop in midair for a moment. And as I was in midair the second time, of the second jump, and I'm like, you know what? I can actually, I've done this before. I've made this memory kind of before. And, and everything kind of slowed down for me. And I actually got to enjoy first time jumping. I didn't really enjoy it during, while I was waiting. At the end, I really enjoyed it. Second time around, as I'm waiting there, I'm looking around. It, it almost like everything froze for me. And I, I don't know if you've done memories twice and, 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 and gone through something similar twice, but the second time, you can kind of just soak everything in. And, and as I was going down that second time, I'm like, wow, this is actually pretty cool down here. Now, I'll say that. I hated the head rush that I went down. It's still nerve-wracking because it's still 150 feet and all the rest. But we made memories. I hope my third child doesn't ask me to bungee jump. <laughs> I said, I don't want to do this again. We all make crazy memories, don't we? Think about some of the memories you've made over the years. Think about some of the stuff you've done. Think about some of the stuff you've done intentionally. Think about some of the stuff you didn't do intentionally, but it happened. Think about some of the stuff that others did for you. But think about the crazy memories you've done. Some of them we wish we could probably relive again. They were so great. Some of them we probably don't want anything to do with again. But they're there. We're always making memories. This morning I want us to kind of look at, let's create some good memories. Let's look at good memories. Let's remember the good memories. I think we, unfortunately, I think we have a lot of memories that aren't good. Now, they will help us probably not do them next time, but they often come up when, when, when we're afraid of something, when we're challenged with something, right? They do. So how can we create good memories? How can we make the first year of school fantastic? You know, how do we, how do we make the first day on the job a good one? How do we make the 10,000th day on the job, a good one. Making good memories. It says this, and uh, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to it, or I think I'll have it on the screen. Joshua chapter 23. Joshua, there is near the end of his time. He, was about, uh, he lived to be about 110 years old, so this would have been somewhere between 110 and 100 years old, probably when he writes this and, and shares this. And he says this, after a long time had passed and the Lord had given Israel rest from all their enemies around them, Joshua, by then a very old man, summoned all Israel, their elders, their leaders, their judges, and their officials. So everyone that was a leader or, or led something, he said, come on, I, I want to share with you something. And he says this, 
I am very old. <laughs> Verse 3, you yourselves have seen everything the Lord your God has done to all these nations. And for your sake, it was the Lord your God who fought for you. Remember how I allotted as an inheritance for the tribes of all the land of the nations that remain, the nations I conquered between the Jordan and the Mediterranean Sea in the west. The Lord your God himself will push them out for your sake. He will drive them out before you, and you will take possession of their land as the Lord your God has promised you. Be very strong. Be very careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law of Moses without turning aside to the right or to the left. Do not associate with these nations that remain among you. Do not invoke the names of their gods or swear by them. You must not serve them or bow down to them, but you are to hold fast to the Lord your God as you have until now. The Lord has driven out before you great and powerful nations. To this day, no one has been able to withstand you. One of you wrote a thousand because the Lord your God fights for you just as he has promised. So be very careful to love the Lord your God. But if you turn away and ally yourselves with the survivors of these nations that remain among you, and if you intermarry with them and associate with them, then you may be sure that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations before you. Instead, they will become snares and traps for you, whips on your backs and thorns in your eyes, until, the per until you perish from this good land, which the Lord your God has given you. Now I am about to go away of all the earth, you know that with all your heart and soul that not one of these good promises the Lord gave you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. Not one has failed. But just as all the good things from the Lord your God has promised um, you have come to you, so he will also bring on you all the evil things that he has threatened until the Lord your God has destroyed you from this good land that he has given you. If you violate the covenant of the Lord your God, which he commanded you, go and serve, uh, pardon me, which he commanded you, and go and serve other gods and bow down to them. The Lord's anger will, burn, anger will burn against you, and you will quickly perish from the good land that he has given you. Hooey! <laughs> There's a lot of stuff in there. So how do we make good memories? I think one of the, we, have, we have a few challenges, and every time you read the, the Word of God, uh, God will challenge you, okay? He will. And, and I don't always think that those are hard to figure out. But as he challenges you, he will also encourage you. So we're going to look at some challenges, and we're going to hit the encouragement, because God doesn't want to come down to our level. He wants us to come up to his, because that's where hope lies. Challenge number one, dealing with reality. Um, the past can help us deal with reality. Verse 1 tells us that Joshua was old. In fact, verse 14 says he was very old. It was time for him to go to the way of all the earth, which means it was time for him to die, like everything does. And, and he was coming to the terms with that, which we all have to at some time. Joshua was old. His, his mortality had crept up on him. Now, this is Joshua, Israel's faithful, fearless, God-honoring leader. And this faithful, fearless, God-honoring leader was about to leave them. Not his choice actually God's choice. And he was about to leave them permanently. He led them for 25 years. So what were they going to do? This is the reality, right? This is our reality. This is this church's reality, isn't it? How's your reality? 
Are you dealing with your reality? How are you dealing with your reality? How's your reality at home? How's your reality with your family? How's your reality at work? How's your reality at school? How's your reality? How's your reality at church? What did God say to Joshua? This is what God says to Joshua. What the Lord has done in the past, He can do in the future. What the Lord has done in the past, He can do in the future. This is what His passage says. Verse 3 and 4 says this. I think I have it uh, for you. I, uh, you yourselves have seen everything that the Lord your God has done to all these nations for your sake. It was the Lord your God who fought for you. Verse 4, remember how I have allotted an inheritance for your tribes, all the lands of the nations that remain, the nations I conquered between the Jordan and the Mediterranean Sea in the west. And he continues on, the Lord has driven out before you great and powerful nations. To this day, no one has been able to withstand you. He's talking about the past here. They have memories. Verse 10, I love this one. This has been quoted, I think, lots. One of you wrote a thousand. Think of that. One person versus a thousand. <laughs> How many people live in the community of Ladysmith? I don't know. If you have a thousand... If one of you can, can handle a thousand people, how many thousands of people can this group hold? <laughs> kind of gives you just a handle. It's a little, little, little uh, way to play on the mind, I guess. Because the Lord your God fights for you, just as He has promised. You know that with all your heart and soul that not one of all of His good promises the Lord your God gave you has failed. Every promise has been faithful. Not one, He repeats it there, not one has failed. He wants us to remember. He wants us to remember the past. Joshua says, remember the past. Remember the journey. Remember what it took. In verse 1, it talks about they got rest now, which means the, uh, have you ever been really stressed? And then after the stress moment has passed, you get to like, oh, relax. You know, after, after the paper has been written, after the job's been done, after you, you gave your grandkids back, <laughs> to, you know, you, you get to rest. That's what he, that's, what Israel was experiencing here. They actually got to oh, rest. For me, it's after 21 years of my kids living at home. My wife and I are now resting a little bit. <laughs> Although I have a dog. Um, remember what it took to get the rest we now enjoy. And, and he says, remember what got us here. Remember who got us here. Remember what God has done in the past. So what has God done in your past? Think about that for a second. As we think about that, I'm, I'm guessing that, that God brought us through some hard times, so we're remembering the hard times in order to remember the God times. Verse 3 says this, remember that God fights for you. He says it three times in this passage. God fights for you. Each one of you, God fights for you. <laughs> when you're going through that battle, God's fighting for you. How do you get through the reality of today? God's fighting for you, me. From the day that Israel left Egypt, the Lord had fought for His people and delivered them. And, he, and Joshua wanted them never to forget this. Remember, God deeply loves you enough to fight for you. <laughs> this is a great reminder for God's people even today. As we read the Bible and see what God did in the past for those who trusted Him, it should encourage us today 
to be able to face all the enemies we have with confidence. I love, uh, this is a quote, I, I, I think it's from a guy named A.T. Pearson. He was a Presbyterian missionary leader, and he says this, history is his story. Maybe you've heard this before. History is God's story. His story, history. Listen to the past. Just don't live there. Listen to the past. Just don't live there. From age to age, God may change his method. He changes his people, but his character never changes. He can be trusted. So if you'll help me out. Darren and Lori and family, I know, are leaving. God is leading them somewhere, just as God led him here. So if you help me just for a second or two. One of the things I think the church can, can help our community learn how to do is to celebrate well. I don't think we celebrate well enough. I could be wrong about your church. If I am, forgive me. I want you to think, and actually I want you to maybe, sh- I know, not maybe, I want you to shout out. If, if, think about some of the things that the Lord has led through Darren and Lori to bless this church. Think about the memories of the past, okay, for a minute. And here's what I want us to do. If you can give a, a one word or two word, tell me what that is. Tell us what that is. I realize this means you've you, you got to step out a little. But God, God wants to, us to do that. He says, I want you to remember the past. So what is it? I know this is hard. I've left three churches and I've had pastors leave when I've been at a church. It's hard. It's okay to, for tears. Tears are there when we can't express, I think, what we want to in words. God has really blessed us. So let, let's try this. Thank you. What else? Baptism. Eggs, eggs, baptisms. What else? Love and acceptance. Outreach. What else? Perseverance. What else? Serving. What else? Kids camps. What else? Joy. And I heard another one. Fun. What else? Serving. Yeah. What else? <laughs> Absolutely. You know what? I, thank you, by the way. Um, with all of those words, we have memories, don't we? We have good memories, don't we? We actually may have hard good memories. <laughs> we do, and that's what God says. Don't forget those memories. So let me encourage you, as hard as that is, and as hard as it will be the next little bit before uh, this wonderful family leaves, I want you to celebrate them. God says celebrate each other. Give them the best send-off. See, I'm getting emotional now. Give them the best send-off you can. Because it's a see you later. It's not a goodbye forever. And Joshua says, remember, God has brought them to us. So we need to, we honor God by celebrating people. God has done a great thing. Remember the past. And as you do, focus on remembering that it was God that brought them. Okay? God brought them. Because that'll help us with challenge number two. <laughs> challenge number two is this. Whoo, the future. <laughs> All right? Past is great. I think that's why we want to live back there sometimes. But what about the future? How many of you are worried about the future? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? What's next? 
How many of us um, asked that question? I'm guessing uh, Joshua's crew were asking that question. Who's going to lead next? We had Moses, had a number of good years with Moses. He led us through so much. We had Joshua, had a number of good years. We conquered. We've gotten into this new land. We actually get rest now. We haven't had this kind of rest since, I don't know, 500 years ago. Most of us don't remember this kind of rest. That's what they were probably saying. And they said, well, now who's going to lead us? Because we're all looking for someone to lead us, aren't we? How will we survive without Darren? Did you ask that question in your mind? It's natural to ask that question. And Lori. What's next? He helped us get through the past. How are we going to get through the future? Joshua's response is this, verse 5 to 11. He says this, Love the Lord, pardon me, love the Lord, uh, the Lord your God himself will push them out for your sake. He will drive them out before you and you will take possession of their land as the Lord God promised you. Be very strong. Be careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law of Moses without turning aside to the right or to the left. Do not associate with these nations that remain among you. Do not invoke the names of the gods or swear by them. You must not serve them or bow down to them, but you are to hold fast to the Lord your God as you have now. The Lord has driven out before you great and powerful nations to this day. No one has been able to stand with, with you. One routes a thousand because the Lord your God fights for you. So be careful to love the Lord your God. Joshua says, obey God's commandments and believe God's promises. Obey God's commandments, so follow them, learn about them, discover them, and believe what he says. Believe his promises. The secret to Joshua's success and the reason for Israel's victories was his, was their devotion to the word of God and believing the promises. If you're familiar with the Word of God, Joshua 1. This was at the beginning of Joshua's time when he was worried about who would lead. And um, Moses was dying, and Moses said, it's you, Joshua. And God comes to Joshua, and he says this in chapter 1, verse 7 to 9. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study the book of instructions continually. Meditate on it day and night so you'll be sure to obey everything in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord God is with you wherever you go. And now it's Joshua's turn and he looks back and he says, that is so true. If I draw close to God's word, and if I believe His promises and we walk forward in it, things will happen. We'll make good memories. We'll make great memories. We'll make God memories. And He's trying to remind them about this. Hmm. What Joshua's devotion to the Word of God did was to enable Joshua to keep him focused. I think some of our thoughts are, where do we go, future, where do we go, God says, I'm going to give you my word because I, I know you're going to be going all over the place. I want you to stay focused. Come back to my word. Come back to my word. It'll bring, it'll bring perspective, right? For those of us who do that on a regular basis, you, you get that perspective. And all of a sudden, you might read a word that says, you know, I'll fight for you. And you're like, oh, wow, now I can move forward. Isn't that crazy? It's not crazy because the Spirit speaks to us. And that's what happens here. It's great 
But not only that, it allowed Joshua to get to know God better, to love Him, and to want to please Him. It isn't enough to know the Word of God. We must also know the God of the Word. It isn't enough that we know the Word of God. We must also know the God of the Word and grow in fellowship with Him. It's a relationship. The challenges we face, future whatever, actually help us draw closer to God. Perspective. And know that those challenges also allow us to see that God is close to us. You know, I I won't spend too much time on this, but it's interesting, God uses two words, Joshua, pardon me, uses two words to describe himself here. One word is Jehovah. You know what Jehovah means? Jehovah is I am. It's, it's what God said to Moses when Moses was fearful and he, wanted to, and he was told he was going to lead the people and, and there was the burning bush and, and Moses gave all these excuses and finally God said, enough's enough. Just remember, I am. Which simply means that he is the absolutely existent one. It means this, that he's always been and always will be. It means that he's the God of the past. So there's nothing new under the sun for God who is with us. It means that I am, that I am always with you. In other words, I will never leave you. (laughs) It also means that I know the future. It means that God already has plans in place. Think about this. I know what it takes. Nothing that you're going through is new for me. I'm with you. I'm going to walk with you through it. And I have places for us to go together. Draw close to me. He will lead us through. But not only that, he says here, he uses the word Elohim. Joshua uses Elohim, which means greatness, supremacy. It actually means uh, three in one, the triunity. It's crazy. And, and, and he, he, if you look at Genesis, this word is used 30 times, which means Father, Son, Jesus Christ, and Spirit all together acting together. It's cool. <laughs> so this means that the Father who has perfect plans cannot be stopped. He is supreme. Even our Lord Jesus followed these plans to the cross and beyond, right? It means that we also follow us, the, the Lord Jesus who is Savior and Lord. It means he loves to save. Jesus is our Savior, which means he actually loves to save you. And he, let me get this, he's our Lord, which means he can save us. And then we have the Holy Spirit who's there giving us wisdom, giving us leadership, pulling us through, giving us strength. All of this is wrapped up in the words Joshua, the names that Joshua is using here. And I think he wants us to remember that God brought Darren and Lori to Ladysmith and created all the memories that we've just mentioned, and he's going to bring them through. And you know what? He can do it again. He may not do it in the same way. doesn't say that. You, many of us maybe didn't like Darren and Lori when they first came. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, Darren. I don't know. But wow, he's going to do it again. That's what he's saying here. So what did this look like? Verse 7 and 8. This is where it gets a little harder maybe for us. It says, what is this? what's our responsibility in all this? He says, be a different people. Create a different culture. You know, celebrate when people leave. In a good way. In a good way. Don't celebrate when people leave in a bad way. Celebrate when people leave in a good way. Because we don't want people to leave. Do we want to keep them? We so want to keep them. 
And God says, no, let's create people to send them off so they, others can enjoy the beauty that you got to enjoy. Joshua warns them about their disobedience. That's what he does here. He says, be careful. In fact, he says, disobedience kind of creeps in. When you, when, you, when, you, when you stop going closer to God and you start walking away, what we do is, is we become the boss of our future and our plans. And, and he says, watch it, because it'll slowly creep in. One decision will lead to another. And he mentions it here. He talks about um, don't associate with this, the, the non-God-loving group, the anti-group, actually, the enemies of God. <laughs> He says when you start just hanging out together, eventually you'll start discussing religious practices together. And before you know it, you're worshiping the gods of their enemies. Have you, ever, have you ever walked away from, I wouldn't say walked away from God. Have you ever not drawn close to God and eventually you just find yourself in a spot and like, how did I get here? We all have. And it's because we, we, we weren't drawing closer. And, and we didn't know it at the time, but we start slowly sipping away, and, and we're back, and we're like, oh. And then usually something comes in to go, bam, and hits the reality to bring us back, right? It does. And that's what God is saying here. Trust God's promises. All of us feel the pressures of the world around us. Our world is trying to conform us, and it takes courage to defy the crowd and stay true to the Lord. Remember, God fights for you. That was cool. Um, I think most of you know this story about uh, the Doust family. Am I, am I, it, that, that, like Darren is away today because he's baptizing one of the family members. Is, is that, I think so. I hope so. If not, I'll let him explain it when he gets home. But it's, it's amazing that Darren had sent me a note and he says, Todd, uh, I've been asked to baptize a, a, a person in a family who, um, I've known for a number of years back in Alberta and went through a number of trauma. And, and their oldest son, 19, went through a lot of trauma. And, and God delivered them through that, even physically and spiritually. It was a hard time. And today he was baptizing him, the oldest. Like, like now or like an hour ago. <laughs> so awesome. This is what God does. This is what God does when He's at work. This is what God does when we draw close to Him. This is what God does when we trust Him. Better hit this last one. Time is really going quick. What's our last challenge here? I think this is the hardest one. <laughs> dealing with me. Well, me, i got to deal with me, but you dealing with you. You know, how do we deal with ourselves? The Word of God, it says in Hebrews 4.12, the Word of God is like a two-edged sword. If we obey it, God will bless us and help us. If we disobey it, God will chasten us uh, until we submit to Him. If we love the Lord, verse 11, we'll want to obey Him and please Him. So the essential thing is that we cultivate a satisfying relationship with God. We need to spend more time with Him. And you know what? The more time we spend with Him, the, the better it gets. The better it gets. It's true. So basically, he says here is you've got a choice to make. This is the dealing with self part. You have a choice to make. What are you going to choose? Are you going to follow God? Or are you going to follow you? I like uh, 
good old pastor from years gone by, Charles Spurgeon said it this way, God will not allow his children to sin successfully. God will not allow his children to sin successfully. I find that kind of an interesting phrase, but he means God loves you so much, he's not going to let you get away without a fight. So he wants to warn you. He wants to warn you. You know, Joshua even uses vivid words here to describe the suffering they would face if they disobeyed God. He says, they will become snares, traps, whips on your back, and thorns in your eyes. Now, I've never had a thorn in my eye yet. I've had thorns on my flesh from raspberry bushes, but I've never been hit in the eye yet. This is crazy. He says, until you perish from the land God gave you. Essentially, what God is saying, if you want to live as those without God, then live with them and receive the life of what it is like without God. I always wondered what a glimpse of hell was like. I, I mean, I, I didn't, but I did. And, and hell is the absence of God. So if every good and great thing comes from God, then where God is not, you won't have anything good and great. Hold that thought for a minute. So when we don't want God, we also don't want the things that follow God, the things that God gives, the things that God blesses with. Think about that for a minute. I think that's what he's reminding them here. Because in chapter 4, he brings the whole nation and says the same thing. He goes, hey, what choice are you going to make? You want to live with God? Want to go after God? Want to love God? Or do you want not to? It's time for us, he says here, to step up. It's time for Ocean View. God is moving Lori and Darren and family to another wonderful opportunity, to a wonderful people. Whatever that looks like, whatever that is, I don't know. God is saying, okay, Ocean View, I'm still here. I'm leading you. It's time for you to step up. Let me finish with this story. How many of you have been to Port Hardy? Okay, that's good. It's a bit of a drive, hey? Eh? Uh, a few years ago, Port Hardy, in my role, I helped churches find pastors. So we'll be talking, by the way, just so you know. We're already talking, just so you know. You're not alone in this. We'll help you. Port Hardy, I was chatting with their board, and they're like, Todd, we, we haven't had a pastor in a couple of years, and we, we really need it. I, and, and they goes, but we're, we're a depressed economy. This was maybe about five years ago now. We're depressed. Like, like there's, everything's closing down. I don't Anybody here from Port Hardy? Um, oh, <laughs> it, it, like the economy was going down. It was a hard place and um, just, just tough. I get this phone call about a month later, and it's, uh, it's a guy named Tim. And Tim's in a place called Hudson's Hope. Does anybody know where Hudson's Hope is? Okay. You want to talk boonies? I love Hudson. I used to live in Chetwin, um, a few hours from Hudson's Hope. Hudson's Hope is a small community. I think there might be about 1,400 people maybe now. Um, had this phone call. We have a church there, and a, a pastor was Tim, and he goes, Todd, um, I see on, the, on a website of the fellowship that there's this place called Port Hardy. Never been there before, but, you know, I think it's time for our family to, to make a move. God's calling us. And he actually says, you know, we, we actually can't afford to live here anymore. Um, and I'm like, oh. Six months later, Tim's in Port Hardy. Never thought we'd get somebody in Port Hardy for two or three years. They were waiting. God opened the door. 
The problem is, when God opens a door, it's a great thing. That's not the problem. It means that one pastor may leave one community to go to another. Okay, I thought Port Hardy was hard. Hudson's Hope, people. How many of you want a vacation to Hudson's Hope? Do you even know what? Some of you have been there. Do you know what the big thing in Hudson's Hope is? They have a dam. It actually employs most of the people that are It's a great dam. W.A.C. Bennett Dam. has great tours. I've been there several times. Anyways. Went fishing off there. Other stories for another day. Um, Lord, what the heck? <laughs> How are you going to fulfill Hudson's hope? The guy that was there couldn't even live there anymore. He couldn't feed his family. What do we do here for this church? Four months later. Um, is this Fellowship Pacific? Is this Todd? Yep. Uh, my name is Luke. Oh, hey, Luke. How are you doing? I'm good. Um, I look on your website, and there's this church in Hudson's Hope. I said, yeah, there is. They're looking for a pastor. Yes, they are. And uh, he's, I said, where are you from? I don't know you at all. I'm in England. Cool. I, I, bad. I, I'm not going to give you his accent, because that's horrible. Um, and I said, please tell me, like, why would you consider Hudson's Hope? Why would you even think it was, my parents were missionaries in that area a number of years ago. We loved it. My wife and I feel called to go there. Okay, okay please tell me who does that. Uproots their family in England, and they have a seven or eight-year-old daughter, and moves to the middle of nowhere, B.C. Sorry, Hudson's Hope. God bless you. And, and wants to, to start and be the pastor of the little church of 40 people. In Hudson's Hope. Who does that? The God who fights for you. Okay? It's the God who fights for you. And I got story upon story. I was telling this to Northwest Langley Baptist who was looking for a pastor. Couldn't get anybody. They were a church of about 50 in the city. You know, you've seen the housing prices. Can't afford to live in the city. Three years later, they have a pastor. I tell you that to be encouraged, folks. I tell you that to be encouraged. But God wants us to step up so that, you know how attractive a church is for any pastor coming into it when the church is stepping up and the pastor just has to seamlessly fit in? I'll tell you that from experience. Anyways, I better, <laughs> I better, I better stop that there and, uh, and call up uh, Donna. But let me, let me just say this. God has had amazing stories and made amazing memories here. And God has got a whole bunch more to go for you guys. And I look forward to hearing them.